the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. Have you ever got that deer-in-the-headlights look from the salesperson at your local auto parts store? This, unfortunately, is common these days, but don't stress. There is an easy solution. Try shopping at Westside Auto Supply. Steve, Kevin, and Jackie have over 130 years of combined experience in the auto parts industry. They will only sell you the top quality parts for your hot rod or daily driver. Their prices are competitive with the box stores, so head to Westside Auto Supply at 56 Prado and Slow. Buy the best from the best. Westside Auto Supply. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Motor Mouth Show on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Whether you're driving one of these... One of these. One of these. Or someday, even one of these. Whatever you're driving, Motormouths has answers for all of your automotive questions. And now your host, Jason from Absolute Auto Tech. Oh, good morning, everyone. I kind of oops that here. Uh, <laughs> I kind of oops that one. I'm sorry. I'm it's looking, all good. I'm looking at the next thing we play here. It's like, oh, should I maybe turn on Jason's microphone? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Jason's loud enough. You probably wouldn't need the microphone anyway. That's probably true. <laughs> good morning, everyone. This beautiful Saturday morning. This is Jason the Motormouth. And if you have the time, the place, the space, the parts, the inclination, and the information i want to help you with your car problems your car questions your car concerns all those things that make you question why give me a call 805-543-8830 and let's talk cars um i uh had a nice drive in this morning um and um life is good you know we really have to say things are good a little 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 cold out this morning but not too awful cold uh, at least not in the south county and um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm to say life's pretty good. What can we say? I mean, we live in Central Coast. Wow. It's even, even on the ugly days, it's gorgeous. And the hills are green, and it's a really nice view outside the window. And look outside your window. See what, see what things you can uh, be appreciative of. Um, it's, uh, there's a lot to appreciate in our area. Um, anyway, give us a call, 805-543-8830. I wanted to talk about obsolescence and today it really bothers me that the manufacturers all of them are not standing behind the vehicles that they purchased as long as they used to at least it doesn't feel like they are Um, and there's a lot of components that are hard to reproduce in the aftermarket and as a private individual. The internet definitely has made it possible to find more things more easily for your vehicle if you can't go down to the manufacturer's representative or the dealer and and buy them. Um, And then with um, wrecking yards, um, tied up, uh, it talking on the internet. There's a lot more availability for us. In fact, the other day, my friend needed a, um, um, a, oh, a trunk lid for his car. And instead of going down to the 
local wrecking yard, which there used to be three in San Luis Obispo. Now there's only one, which is kind of funny in a way. It's kind of like hardware stores. There used to be hardware stores, and now we have miners and that great big orange ugly thing. Yeah, we used to have, we have San Luis Auto Salvage. We used to have one on Duncan Lane. Uh-huh. Yep. And what was the other one? And there was one out next to the wrecking yard, uh, next to the airport. Which huh. is a mini storage. Both two, oh, of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. two of the three okay. wrecking yards okay. turned into mini storages. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the Duncan Lane turned into mini storage. Yep. Mission <laughs> we store our radio station stuff over there. <laughs> okay, so so <laughs> yeah. there's a um, it, it, life has changed in the few in the years the few years that I've been here, and um, so now if if without the internet. We would, uh, my, my friend would have to go down to San Jose Auto Salvage and go, hey, do you have a trunk lid for my car? And either they would or they weren't, wouldn't. And let's just say they do, but they have a blue one and he's got a black car. Well, I guess then you paint it and you make it match and everything else. With the internet, you can go online and find, see if they have one in town. If they do, they have a blue, okay. But we actually found one in Santa Maria that's black. So, now he doesn't really need to have to. He may not have to paint it. I mean, life is life. Paint, paint fades. Things happen. But he may be able to take this black trunk lid and put it on his black car and not have to do anything other than go. Mm, it's a little off. Um, maybe do a, maybe do a wax job on it, go. kind of yeah. bring the luster right. back. Exactly. Or or maybe the luster on it's better than one is on, that's on his car. You never mm-hmm. know. Yeah, yeah. But cars are cars. Life is life. Um, but the things that bother me are not that kind of stuff. It's the one ofs, the two years of the. Uh, for instance, I have a little Mazda Miata at the shop, and I'm a big fan of the Miata. Um, they're rock solid little cars. They hold up well. Uh, they withstand abuse. They can go. On, they can drive for years and years and years and miles and miles and miles. Very reliable, simple car. On this particular one, which is a 2005, so we're not talking about a new car, um, but it's not from the 90s. This car, the key, f- the car, the, the, the anti-theft device doesn't recognize the key. So the customer took it to the dealer, which is now the, lo- the closest one is Santa Maria. They looked at it and found that they can't do anything for him because Mazda doesn't supply, it doesn't offer the parts to repair that because the manufacturer of those parts, because Mazda doesn't make any security stuff. Just in case you were curious, on your car, your manufacturer of your car makes very few components for your car. In fact, some in some instances, all they manufacture is the sheet metal. So every part you're sitting in, touching, feeling, other than the sheet metal, is not manufactured by your car's manufacturer. The brakes aren't manufactured. So if you have a if you have a Subaru, they don't make brakes. They don't make transmissions. They don't make uh, in a lot of cases. They don't make um, engines in a lot of cases. They don't make seats, the steering wheel, the carpet, the windshield, the hinges for the hood, the hinges for the door. They stamp a lot. A lot of the manufacturers will stamp out the door pieces, stamp out the top and lower pieces. They will paint them in house, and that is the end of manufacturing. They don't make the bumpers. That's the end of their manufacturing portion of the car. It's probably for a few different reasons. I mean, you're a, you're a businessman. You're not uh, as large a business as they are, obviously. But but 
now they've got to have more factories, they've got to have more employees, they've got to have more insurance, and whereas they just outsource that production. They do, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that mm-hmm. it's wrong. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. understand that just because you have a Subaru Outback, a Subaru doesn't make any part of that car except the sheet metal. Now they may make the engine. Most don't make their own transmissions. Uh, rear differentials. Um, I mean, Chrysler did for a while. GM did for a while. Um, but most manufacturers don't make their own differentials. Ford did for a while. And but back in the day, in the seventies, the sixties, they did make their own differentials. Uh, some of them, and some differences. Not all every differential, not every cross the board. But depending on your car, they could make the engine, the transmission, the differential, and and the sheet metal. Um, back in the day. Some manufacturers didn't even make their own sheet metal. Body by Fisher was stamped on a little seal, the little door pill, uh, um, uh, kick panel on the bottom of the door, the door seal, because GM didn't make the bodies. <laughs> they just bought them. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a so the manufacturers are limited by their suppliers, and in this particular Mazda. The supplier of the security uh, system went uh, up, went belly up. They 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 folded and, and went out of business. Well, now Mazda can't get parts for those. So your O2005 Mazda Miata that has a failed security component, which is a I don't know a three hundred dollar part, is now filling the wrecking yard because there's no parts available. Now with some research and some and some searching and there are some ways around it but this is happening more and more in my world um pcv valve uh, which is a positive crankcase ventilation valve this is it's it's what draws the 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 blow-by gases or the gases that go past the piston rings inside the combustion chamber it draws that those gases out and reburns them in the engine so to get rid of them because Every car has blow-by gases. Every car, there's a little bit, of, little bit of the combustion gases that go past the rings and into the oil. So, in order to, but and then so that's basically gas and and air mixed together that g- touches the oil, contaminates the oil, damages the oil, and then makes the oil life much shorter. So we have a valve. That's basically a vacuum leak that draws that air out of the combustion chamber, so that less of the oil is saturated by that air and oil, air and gas mixture. When I was, a, I can't say a kid, but twenty plus years ago, I went to a class, and the instructor in the class said, "Engineers of the manufacturer, manufacturers engineer, especially Ford, wanted if they had only one part they could keep." stock and not modified and not original equipment and have no control over what would that part be and they said it would be the pcv valve and the reason why is because it's a metered vacuum leak that they can't control and they don't compensate well for in the computer i mean yes the computer has long-term fuel trim short-term fuel trims but those are not designed to compensate for a vacuum leak like the pcv valve in the long term and so they want to keep it as stock as possible. So I do a very, uh, I try hard to keep a stock PCV valve in all the vehicles that we work on. We try to 
um, replace them when they go bad or this time to get rid of them um, with the original equipment valves. Well, I have a truck in the shop that it's a 96, so we're talking a little bit long in the tooth. At the same time, the truck is beautiful in beautiful shape and well cared for, well taken care of. And it, I figured we might as well put a PCV valve in. How old is it? When's the last time it was changed? I tried to look for one and finally found one. I found a place that had some. And when I bought it, I thought they said, well, we're going to start discontinuing them. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should buy an extra one. Should I? Shouldn't I? It's a 96 Ford. Do I really need to stock one? I decided not to. By the time it got to the shop, I changed my mind, and they had already sold out. And now I cannot buy that valve that I know of, even on the Internet. So we are having more and more parts that are becoming unavailable to us for our cars that are a little older. It's just a PCV valve. It's just a $17 valve. Not a big deal, except that you can't buy it for your car now. Now you have to buy an aftermarket one. And the aftermarket one is as good or worse than the one that came on your vehicle. And I don't know how to tell the difference because the one that's on your vehicle is old and worn. So how much flow should it have? I don't know. There's no spec. So does the new one have more flow, less flow than stock? I don't know. There's no spec. So all I can do is go back to the original one and go, hey, pop it on, make sure let's roll. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm having more and more problems with this. Uh, mass airflow sensors. Another prime example. Um, they were high failure items on the Fords back in the day in the 90s and early 2000s. Um, they would get dirty. They would get damaged they had problems with them it's part of life I mean, they went to a different design now and things have changed but they had problems with them but so every so often i would clean them i would do my best to clean them and keep them alive and and keep them running but that's also problematic because if you don't really watch you can make them worse by cleaning you can make them better you can not change anything by cleaning them um but when they don't get cleaned I mean, when, they, when cleaning doesn't fix them because they're damaged internally, you go to replace them, when, but so much of what's available is just garbage. Even brand new is garbage, and you can't buy them from Ford anymore. You can't buy them from someone that actually knows how to clean and then test them. Um, and, and where do you go? Uh, we had one the other day. I changed out three of them before I finally got a good one. Um, and it's very frustrating as a mechanic, and I can't imagine how frustrating it is as a as a person that works on their own vehicles to have to deal with this because I know whether it's working right based on uh, watching fuel trims and um, we have what you call a vo- volumetric efficiency calculator, and I can go out and drive the car and and check it, and I have a tool that has it built into it, but that's a Oh, what is that tool now? $1,900 tool? Well, I, I, I wouldn't own that if I didn't own a repair shop. What do I need a $2,000 tester if I don't own a repair shop? So as a, as a person that doesn't, now you're chasing your tail a lot. And I feel bad for those people that have to do that. Um, so I, I'm, I guess the moral to my story here and, and the direction I'm going with this whole thing is that take care of what you got. Um if if we're making 2000 
and five cars completely obsolete. I've had it to where 2015 cars I can't buy parts from for the manufacturer. Well, that's not even 10 years old. If the 2005 simple Mazda Miata with roll-up windows and an automatic transmission, I don't even know what the car has power steering. If I can't buy parts for it, guess how hard it's going to be to buy parts for your 10-year-old 2022 when it's when it's 2032. Wow, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> um, when it's 2032. It's not that far away either. All the complex, <laughs> unique car parts that are on your 2022 that all have to get along, all have to talk and communicate and be happy with each other. If one of those aren't offered by the manufacturer any longer, you are a car that's going to the scrapyard. Yeah. So you thought that thing was expensive in 2022. Guess how expensive it is going to replace it in 2020, 2032. Yeah. Well, now some of the cars, though, too, okay, you might have a new model. You're, you're using 2015 as an example, but, you know, maybe in 2016 they brought out a new model year, you know, obviously. And there was like some sort of little tweak, like maybe the nameplate is different, so they're calling it a completely new redesign or mm-hmm. something. So can you maybe go into the 2016 and say, yeah, was this part the same in 2016 as it, it was isn't. in 2015? Like I said last week, I have two, I have two mm-hmm. 2007 trucks. Mm-hmm. One's early body style, one's late body style. Mm-hmm. The seats are different. The, the way they way they mount is different. The headlights are different. The way they mount is different. The mm-hmm. bumpers are different. The hoods are different. <laughs> the engines, they're both diesel engines made by Isuzu for GM. They're different. Yeah. And you can't put the, the one inside the other. I mean, yes, technically they fit, mm-hmm. but the software is different. They have different exhaust systems, different turbocharge. No, Crazy. the turbocharge is the same. Um Different softwares, different attachments to it. Mm-hmm. There's a they revamped the engine in that year from twenty the middle. They went from mm-hmm. um, not not really doing much with the exhaust to having an afterburner. Uh, so they they burn the soot in the exhaust yeah. in, in the later model. So like what? Okay, like maybe with like a, a okay. I'm going to use an older example. So I had a Ford Thunderbird for a while. The older style, which was. Um, not the two door thing, no, not the not the sports car look again. Um, right before they went back to that, so I think Mercury had something that was similar in the body style. So I mean, would you be able to go like, oh well, maybe Ford, you know, and they don't make Mercury anymore, but maybe the Mercury at that year was the same stuff in it. You could on yeah. some stuff, but that's something the manufacturer knows, and they send it down to the the dealers, to their representatives. So as a private person, you could sit down and go, okay, well, my Honda Civic, you don't have the the radio for it, but what about the Accord radio or the RAV4 radio or whatever? Well, they already know whether they're the same. So as a dealer, it's already... Yeah. Put in the computer that they're now. It may not sit down and say your radio fits da, 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 all these all these different models, but the manufacturer knows at the manu, at the at the warehouse level that this radio works in these eight different models or this eight different years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they automatically reference that part. 
But it was the Lincoln I was thinking about, Ford and mm-hmm. uh, the, mu- and the, uh, the, the and Mercury. Yeah. Well, the Ford Thunderbird and then Lincoln also had the same kind of body mm-hmm. style on some of their cars at that point. The problem is that, so. like, okay, so a thousand years ago, wow, a thousand years, it's really been a long time. Years and years ago, I had, I bought these two Mitsubishi uh, Mirage cars. They were one year apart, and one needed an engine and one had a bad body. So I'm like, oh, I'll put the engine inside the bad body. They looked almost identical. They were not identical. There was so many differences. I frustrated. I was so frustrated the time I got done with that project. I just took them both to the wrecking yard and threw them away. Wow. Because when I started, they looked almost identical. I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, this bolt was a little off, and that bolt was a little off, and this one's a different size, and this one didn't fit just right. And, and I couldn't bl- meld the two together, and I finally took them to the wrecking yard and threw them away. And you don't want to try to cram a bolt in where it won't fit. No, 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 no. Life doesn't <laughs> Especially happen. Especially not on a car. I tried that. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was bound to determined to make that work and never did it through them away. So, it, and you never know. Okay, you don't know as a as a technician, as a shop owner, as a private individual, whether when you sit down and go, come on, dude, the radio on the Civic looks identical to the one on the Accord. Just give me the Accord one. Okay, great. Now it's yours. You bought it. Now it doesn't fit because the software is off a little bit, because the mounting goes off a little bit, because they used a different antenna, because whatever, it doesn't talk to the steering wheel controls now, which you're like, okay, no big deal, except but the, now the steering wheel doesn't work the other direction. And so, like on my truck, the turn signals on the newer truck are powered through the radio. When the radio was out because I was having radio problems, I was trying to figure out what was going on, I drove to work one day, and there's no turn signal that noise. Wow. The noise goes through the radio. Yeah. You were, we were talking about that mm-hmm. a few years ago, how the radio actually controls a lot of things in the car. And, right. It, it displays. Uh, just like the driver's door. You're like, oh, well, I need a new door for my truck. No big deal. I'll go get a used one, paint it, fix it. No big deal. Well, the driver's door module, the computer in the driver's door, you're like, in the huh? Why is there a computer in my driver's door? Well, because we want to, instead of running a wire... From so on my crew cab, instead of running a wire from the driver's door switch down, and now you have to have two because you have to power both, both uh, uh, you have to have two wires, one for the power, one for the ground on the window switch on the window motor. Instead of powering running wires from that driver's door switch to the left rear door and to the right rear door and to the right front door. And having two sets of wires for each one all going to that switch, we just have one wire that communicates and tells the right front door to roll the window up and down and the computer in it. And now most cars have, the, they just control the, their door behind. So the r- left front door chain adjusts and, modif- and uh, operates the left rear door and same thing on the right. But... Some will have four different modules. So now, instead of running wires from all the different switches and everyone else, because you have all these different controls in the doors, and we want to operate so many things in the doors, we have to have wires for that. Or we run power and a ground and a signal wire. So we run three wires to run whatever controls we want in that door. And ultimately, we could run the speaker in the door. We could run the seat heaters through through the door, everything. Well... Now that driver's door module sitting there, and you're like, well, we have that module there. Well, 
you know what, why don't we give it the ability to talk to the key fob? So now the driver's door module is the one that listens for or looks for you to unlock and lock the doors so that it can tell the engine computer to start, like mine has remote start, so it tells the engine computer to, to start. Well, the engine computer has to look at the transmission to make sure it's in park. It has to look at the security system to make sure it's locked and make sure that everything's doing properly and we don't have it be not being stolen. We have to be able to talk to the body control computer so we can turn the headlights on and, and warn the customer that the vehicle's getting ready to start. We have to talk to the rear body control module to turn the tail lights on and the <laughs> rear lights on. <laughs> and that's just the ones I'm thinking about. I'm sure there's more than those nine modules. <laughs> what about the cars that have like a rear door hatch like a lot of the wagons well, another do, one. like uh, the SUVs. Mm -hmm. So like when you push the button and it opens the rear hatch, uh -huh. are they eliminating some wiring there too? Yeah, yeah, but now we have another module. Mm -hmm. Because now so we have the driver's door module that has to go and tell the back hatch module to work. Mm -hmm. And then <coughs> what really makes it fun is now you have a battery draw and your engine won't start and your battery goes dead. Which one of the modules is staying alive? Well, and why a, are they staying alive? Some of the doors, some of the fuel doors, too, are electronic. Uh -huh. So there's another wiring and solenoid and everything and to go with battery, it. If your battery dies, you're really screwed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and my, my favorite is the early Priuses <laughs> when the battery would go dead. Yeah. The battery's in the trunk underneath the back hatch. I mean, underneath the back pad. But... Unless you know this, unless you know there's a jumper spot in front, you can't open the back hatch because it's electronic without having a battery. But if if you don't have if your battery's dead, you can't open the rear hatch. So you'd have to open the driver's door with a key, open the back door, then fold the seats down, then fold the, the rubber mat up so that you could pull the plastic box out so that you could get to the battery to jump start it. Now, there is Even a jumper spot. Even your daughter's spot. rolling her eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> there is a spot at the fuse box, if you know this trick, and hopefully you do if you have one, and you, you can release the hood from the, driver's, from the driver's door and then pop the hood, and then underneath the, the fuse box cover, there's a little jumper, and you can put a, a, your jumper cables up there and ground, and ground them to the engine, or there's, I think there's a ground spot there, too. And that way, it gets it enough power to where it excites the module that charges the battery to pop the rear hatch so that you can get to the battery to change it or yeah. or charge it. Um, it's it's a, it's a crazy, crazy world out there. So my advice to everyone is protect what you've got. And in that, pay a little extra, get it waxed once or twice a year. Pay a little extra. Make sure you check and make sure there's no leaves in that front cowling area where the wiper blades and the hood and the and the car meet. So that way, they don't rot and damage the body and ruin the body and the fenders and whatnot because those leaves destroy everything because they hold moisture. Pay a little extra and put in a cabin air filter or replace your cabin air filter. Make sure your battery doesn't go more than about five years old. I mean, it's fun to see how long they'll last, but man. It, it, you really run the risk of damaging everything in our electronic cars. It's not the old days where, ah, don't worry about it. It's just a dead battery. I'll just pop it, and I'll just pop the clutch, and we'll, we'll push start it, pop the clutch, and start it off. You can't do that. It's not the old days of, huh, I wonder if the alternator's working on this car. Let's disconnect that negative battery cable and see if it keeps running. 
If it does, we know the alternator's good. If it doesn't, we know the alternator's not charging. Those days are gone on new cars. You do that on your new car, you could realistically blow multiple computers and be out thousands of dollars and or, in today's market, replacing your car. Mm-hmm. So putting the battery in properly is huge important. Um, I've seen so many people do, do it wrong. It's two cables. They still... They don't put them on right. They use temporary ends. I've seen so many temporary ends lately. Those are not designed for your car to be left. Those are designed to get you from here to there and then replace it with the proper stuff. Temporary ends are that. Temporary ends are bolt-in garbage. And it saves your bacon. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you have to have it. You have to have it. But don't leave it. Mm-hmm. It's like a temporary spare. You don't just keep driving it until it goes flat. You use it till you get to the tire place, and you put a tire on the car. Um, Imagine if your temporary slot, a flat one, flat. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they do because people don't check them often enough. So a can of air is really nice to have in your car, just in case your temporary flat's flat. It's really nice to have in your car in case your flat is not ruined. If you catch it early enough, you add air to it. I would add air to my spare first. Uh, make sure it's topped off. Then go to my regular tire to make sure. <laughs> Nothing like using your can of air on a bad tire and then have a flat spare. Um, but it could save you from having to change the spare on the side of the road, which can be dangerous and can be hazardous. Any more, at least in town, um, I was listening to our mayor talk to Dave last night. I think I was on a rerun. It may not have been. I don't remember. I just I was listening for a few minutes. And talking about the parking structures and the parking situation and more and more and more our city is taking up space on the roads that used to be for parking for cars. I mentioned the other day I was out test driving a car and I had to drive three quarters of a mile before I could find a place to pull over to look at my codes, to look at my scan tool and look at what was going on with the car. Well, it used to be just pull over. Now let's say you've got a phone call. I need to pull over and get this. Well, I guess you're going to have to call them back because there's no place to pull over unless you're going to stop in the middle of the road. Our city is eliminating cars. We are squeezing them out one at a time. I don't know how much parking, I don't know how many parking spots there used to be that I used to see that are now bicycle lanes and areas that are not allowed to, to have cars on them. Well, I'm all for bicycle lanes and keeping bicyclists safe, but, but, but I was here first and it would be nice to have a spot for my car. Since um, I don't want to ride a bicycle around town, I've got other things I want to do. Bicycles, for me, are a means of enjoyment and fun and exercise, not a means of transportation. And I'm not saying they can't be, and they shouldn't be. I'm saying we still have to produce something in this country. Otherwise, we can't all just sit on the couch and ride our bicycles and play video games. Somebody has to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. So we need to we need to look at celebrating those people that actually do keep the lights on, literally and figuratively, whether they're handing you your coffee or checking you out or literally keeping the lights on. We need to start reevaluating, in my opinion, how we who we celebrate and starlets. 
<laughs> and, and, and football stars are not should not be the, the people we should hero worship and 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 make heroes because mm-hmm. they're just humans. Should we take our break? Let's take our break before your head blows up. <laughs> I'm gonna be good here. I'm gonna be fine. Uh, we got a, a classic commercial going back to 1968 for the Pontiac GTO. This is a brand new 1968 Pontiac GTO. It's been beautifully restyled from bumper to bumper. This is a brand new 1968 Pontiac GTO. It has a new bumper. It's the most revolutionary new bumper since, since bumpers. Seems like everything those Pontiac engineers touch turns to great. that deer in the headlights look from the salesperson at your local auto parts store this unfortunately is common these days but don't stress there is an easy solution try shopping at west side auto supply steve kevin and jackie have over 130 years of combined experience in the auto parts industry they will only sell you the top quality parts for your hot rod or daily driver their prices are competitive with the box stores so head to west side auto supply at 56 prado and slow buy the best from the best west side auto supply Absolute Auto Tech in San Luis Obispo wants to extend thanks to all of their loyal customers over the years. Drive safe on the roads and take the time to maintain your automobiles. You can count on Absolute Auto Tech for high quality repairs for your safety and safe driving needs. Absolute Auto Tech has been performing auto repair services since 1997 at the corner of Sacramento Drive and Capitolio Way in San Luis Obispo. Come by or call 547-1062. That's 547-1062. You're listening to a pre-recorded edition of the Motor Mouse Show on News Talk 920 and FM 96.5 KVEC. Like it. We start with the GTO and end with the GTO and break. I like it. A little yeah. symmetry there. I like it. <laughs> wasn't really planned that way, but the one that I was classic commercial that I was going to use. Well, it was a GTO, so I guess it was sort of planned that way. But it just disappeared. You know how the computers like can really, yeah, really upset you sometimes. Yeah. How many times I've been in the shop, googling, searching something for a car or whatever, and I'll go, oh, you know, I'll do that at home, and I'll get home and I cannot find it to save my life. And then what keyword did I type in? And you go through all the ones that are in your brain. Yeah. And then, no. Both, both of them. Both yeah. of them are in my brain. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're back. Yeah. <clears throat> I wanted to, I wanted to do a little, a little shout out or a little thank you. Um, this, uh, you know, I keep talking about having Westside Auto Supply as a supplier really, really does make all the difference in the world for us and and um, taking care of us. And we had one a customer's car in the shop, and um, we 
we're working on it, took parts apart, um, and it needed a gasket. And the gasket it needed, no one had. <clears throat> no one showed the manufacturer. They were back back ordered by the manufacturer. Um, so we were looking at more than a week before we could have this part. And it's a little gasket. It's like, come on, it's a little gasket. Oh, it's a seal. It's a rubber seal. <clears throat> rubber gasket. It's not an actual seal. It's a rubber gasket, if you would, depending on what your terminology is. Um, and I went and said, you know what? <clears throat> Let's figure out what we can do. And I called over to West Side Supply and said, hey, guys, this is what we need. This is what I can. This is what I have. And they went, oh, you know what we can do is try to get a gasket that's similar from something else. And then we ended up using a, this was a water outlet cover. And we ended up using an intake manifold gasket that actually worked perfect. It was like it was made for it. Um, and it was just really neat because they were able to basically save my bacon. We've talked about this in the past, how they're the bacon savers, and they saved my bacon again. And not just my bacon, but my customer that wasn't stuck without a vehicle for the next week or longer over a stupid gasket. Who cares? Well, hey, she's going to when it runs out of water and bro- overheats and ruins the engine. We have this gasket that should work for the rest of the life of the car. And whether it's just to patch it for the next week and a half or the rest of the life of the car, they're constantly finding new ways to make sure that I can be the hero. And, I mean, ultimately, that's what it is. I get to look like the hero because I got the car fixed. And the customer doesn't care how I got the car fixed. They want to make they want to drive their car. And it's just it's really cool. And I really appreciate them. And I I thank them for um, helping me out and taking care of me. And that's what they do every day. So it's kind of cool. Back to my obsolescence. It really does make a difference, and, and it's it's no different than lifting wrong, as far as I'm concerned, or not brushing your teeth properly, or any of these things, We not exercising, eating wrong. If you're not taking care of yourself, then your longevity, your standard of living diminishes. Same thing happens with our cars. When we don't do the basic maintenance, they get to be where they're not worth keeping. And now you're on that that roller coaster that 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 I'm trying the treadmill of I buy a piece of junk, I don't put any money into it, it fails. I buy another piece of junk, I don't put any money into it, it fails. And I've seen several customers in the past, they go, Well, I've got two thousand dollars. They go on the internet, buy whatever they can find for two thousand dollars, they bring it in, I tell them it needs three thousand dollars of the work. That's why it was only $2,000. They don't want to do that. They drive it for six months. It breaks and fails. They bring it back. I tell them it needs $6,000 worth of work. They don't want to do that, so they go spend $2,000 on another car. Then it bring it in, and it needs $3,000 worth of work. I tell them they don't do it, and it's this cycle. And then now at the end of the year, they spent you know five grand on a car that's worth two, on, on four cars that weren't worth anything, and they don't have anything at the end of the year. And that sucks. Um, oh, but it was pretty. Well, and, and and it fit within my budget. Okay, well, great. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you found some transportation fit within your budget. But I just by finding a better car in better shape or putting some money into the car you've got to make it last. 
uh-huh. I can make your budget go farther. But, but but then you might be saying too, look, okay, I told you it was going to be three thousand dollars for a two thousand dollar car. Okay, maybe you're a little bit upside down on the repair cost now. But then you just went and bought another car that cost you another $2,000 and then you're going to have to buy another car that's going to cost what what maybe my $3,000 repair would have got you through a few years on that $2,000 car. That's the direction <laughs> we're going. And this is the thought process. So if yeah. you if you don't replace it in 6 months and it goes 3 years, well now you've saved that money and you don't have to replace you don't have to worry about, you know, taxes and registration, all the things you got to pay and more smog certificates and all the stuff that has to happen the running around the loss of time either free time or work time trying to deal with these cars that you don't you're not taking care of and i i I hate that that whole roller coaster if you would up and down up and down up and down so i try to help people not have to go through that and see things hopefully see things far and farther away just like you would hope your doctor would your dentist would your you know your financial planner whoever don't spend every dime and i and i feel like so many of us get caught up in this, I need, I, I, I don't have time in my day to cook, so I have to buy all three meals. I don't have time to stop and go shopping, so I'm going to convenience stores paying twice as much for items that I shouldn't have to do that for. I don't have time <clears throat> for this, for that, because I'm on this treadmill of, of getting nowhere fast instead of going, okay, you know what we're going to do is we're going to stop. And instead of going here and going there, we're going to take a day off and stay home and try to recuperate. And then maybe go shopping and eat one or two meals at home and try and eat a little bit more healthy. And when I do go to lunch, don't go to just fast food, go to something healthier. Um, and it might, might make things better. I, 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 I see too many people out there that are buying, if they're smokers, they're buying the cigarettes one pack at a time at the convenience store. Well, that's the worst way to buy cigarettes as far as I'm concerned, at least when I was working at the convenience store. Um, they they put $5 of gas in there or $10 or $20 of gas in their car instead of just putting 100 bucks in and filling it up if, or whatever it takes. Um, I need they'll spend $10 on the pack of cigarettes and $5 in gas. Yeah. Maybe you just help your health out a little bit and put that entire fifteen dollars into the gas tank. That's a hard thing too. I'm not <laughs> I'm not trying to judge. I'm trying to help see that there's more to um and there's the flip side. I'm gonna go I'm a I'm a single person at home, but Costco's got milk on sale for half price. I'm gonna go buy two gallons. Well, how long is it gonna take you to go through two gallons of milk? I don't know, three or four months. It's not going to be good in three or four months. You're going to throw half away. You didn't get a good deal if you throw half of it away. If you if you buy your flour by fifty pound fifty pound bags, and <clears throat> you don't use it fast enough before the weevils get in there and eat it all, you haven't saved any money if you're throwing it away. So there's both sides. Don't get me wrong. Um, and seeing that happy medium sometimes takes help and sometimes is a challenge. Um, there's a, I can't remember his name. There's a gentleman on the radio on this station that talks about fan, financial planning, and I'm sorry, my brain. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and part of his strategy is just cut back on that stuff and go, what do I need? How often do I need to pull my wallet out? Beans and rice. He says that all the time. Rice and beans, beans and rice. And, and, 
And there you go. I mean, no, that's not sexy and fun. At the same time, how do you get ahead? How do you see a future? You know, depending on your age, and I know this is not cars, but it is cars. Depending on your age, when do you see retirement? And what do you see for your retirement? If you if you wait until you're 65, 64 and a half to go, well, you know what? I think I'm going to retire this year. To start thinking about retirement, you may have to live on Social Security. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine, except that for most of us, our Social Security is not going to pay for the lifestyle we're used to having. Mm-hmm. So then your options are abandon that lifestyle or stay working. Well, if at 50, you go, hmm, I probably want about 15 more years before I think I want to retire and start thinking about retirement and planning for it and having people help you, you might have a better retirement at 65. Working to 67, there's all kinds of options out there, but waiting till you are retired to go, well, I've got Social Security, may be a big shocker and a big culture shock. Just as those people that are used to driving big cars go buy a small one or buy have a, used to driving a small car to go buy a big one, that's a big culture shock. Um, that's hard to park that one-ton dually crew cab in a parking lot compared to the Honda Civic. Honda Civic, zip in and out, no big deal. It takes longer to go through town in a one-ton dually than it does the Honda Civic, even though they have the same top speed. <laughs> Just like it takes longer to go through town. I mean, it takes shorter time in a motorcycle than it would be a dually. Um, At the same time, if you're used to carrying a lot of stuff with you, it's hard to carry all that junk on a motorcycle compared to a one-ton dually crew cab. (laughs) Oh, come on. You have a little storage thing on a motorcycle. Yeah, there's little storage boxes. Yeah, I can put my wife's purse in one. Um, So... I'm back to taking care of what you have, doing the minor maintenance, either yourself or having a service provider do it for you, um, can really help cut down on costs, rotating the tires, changing the wiper blades before they tear. Um, even even as simple as taking a damp, wet cloth, um, doesn't really matter, old pair of underwear, old t-shirt, whatever, doesn't matter. Damp, wet cloth, and wiping down all the seals, all the rubber gaskets on the doors can help. You don't want to put, no chemicals, I'm not, no chemicals at all, just wet cloth from your rag drawer and wiping down all the door seals, the trunk seal, the front and rear doors, all those can make a difference. Go down to West Side Auto Supply and get some, um, Turn it. Lubeguard. Lubeguard, I think is what it's called. And or, or may, and Steve may have some uh, stuff that may work better for this, but um, and buying some Lubeguard and spraying on the hinges of the doors and the door locks can extend their lifespan. Uh, spraying the, 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 the lock on the hood, lift the hood up and spray the lock. If you need... Um, Hood struts, and yours are bad, replacing them, either doing yourself, having a service provider, you know, whatever. Once you have good hood struts, then you're willing to pop the hood more often, and then you're willing to look underneath it. The owner's manual is a big, is a huge reference manual. The Internet's huge reference manual. Um, You can 
learn to do these things and help your bottom line and help your car help you last longer. Vacuum and cleaning the car is huge. Like I said, lifting the hood and taking the leaves out of that cowling underneath the windshield can be huge. I was just thinking about the hood struts because I am going to put some new hood struts on my Magnum. Um, the, the, the trunk lid. The trunk lid. Mm-hmm. And, right. And uh, Another big so, one. Uh, yeah, and it's not that hard. No. And, and it's, but the guy, on a lot of models. But, Some are a royal pain in the butt, but, but most are clip on, clip off. Yeah, and that's what mine is. And I was just looking at the YouTube video on that, and this guy was balancing the hood lid on his head. Yep, that's how I do it. Yeah, I do it on my hood. I, I uh, pop the clips, I uh-huh. pull one off, hold it with my head, pop it off, and then I use my tippy toes to, to lift up and adjust <laughs> the height. Or I did, one of the guys are walking by, hey, come here real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Eric, come here real quick. Hold the hood up for me so I can put these clips, uh, these uh, rods in. Mm-hmm. So having a friend, a neighbor, whatever to help you. Uh, we were in town the other day helping a friend. <laughs> just a, just a good length of two by four. You can. I mean, yeah. yes. Especially if you have a saw, so you can do it right, or, or angle it. Mm-hmm. Um, a broom handle, depending on the car. Yeah. Um, just be careful of those, because it's hard to adjust height. But we were in town the other day, and um, I didn't have any tools. I volunteered to, to help somebody in town, and um, I'm like, I need, a, I need a, 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 a pair of channel locks. And um, the, the person at the house didn't have that. And I, she goes, well, I think my neighbor does. And so she walked out and was talking to the neighbor. The other neighbor said, if he, if he doesn't have one, I've got one. So you may take and buy a couple of hood struts and go, hey, uh, neighbor, do you mind holding the hood up while I pop these out real quick? <laughs> if I were you, before you do that, do some research online so you know how to do it. Because it could be frustrating for that neighbor to have to hold that hood up for 17 minutes while you're doing research. <laughs> that could strain neighbor relations. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, where's the time gone? <laughs> Slam. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's yours, buddy. Um, but yeah. people, and, and honestly, if you've got the information and you've done your research and you have the proper parts, and Steve's got you all fixed up at Westside Auto Supply, you can maybe even help neighbor relations. So you go over, hey, Fred, hey, Betty, can you help me real quick? Oh, yeah, no problem. And that could be a bonding thing that may help smooth over something else that happened because two weeks ago you had a party or you left the headlights on your car. I don't know that you were an annoyance to your neighbor. You listen to music too loud. Um, You could actually smooth over an annoyance or a a rough spot with a neighbor by working together on a project. Um, I know I do, it, I do it with my kids all the time. So there's there's a lot of really cool things um, to work out and, and to, to do. And being that our cars are our number one or number two co- most costly things that we have in our life, other than children, um, <laughs> um, we, <laughs> we, uh, you, you want to take care of that. And that's this is this is what I want you get from the show, I guess, is taking care of that very expensive purchase really does pay in spades and really does pay itself back in the fact that you have more time to yourself for yourself because it is our time machine. It gets us from here to there faster than anything else, for the most part, for its job, for its position in life. I cannot get from Aurora Grande to San Luis Obispo any faster than a car. 
And if I have my own in working condition running with it reliable, then it does it better than anything else out there and safer than anything else out there, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it pays me back in spades because otherwise I'm walking, riding a bus or taking the uh, walking, riding a bike or taking a bus. None of those are going to get me from my house to my work faster than my car. And if I do any of those others, that saves time for my car compared to those. I can put towards more work, more leisure time, and make my life better in all those ways. Well, if the car is not doing what it should or costs too much, then it doesn't pay off. And the way we do that is taking care of them, just like our teeth or our health. (coughs) So, wow. That was a long, 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 drawn-out thing, and I'm sorry. Um, that's my that's my motto. If you need to make a short story long, I can do it. <laughs> Just give Jason one little topic. And got the whole hour covered because we're at 57.50 right now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we yeah. are there, yeah. Almost, so, almost 57.50. Um, you know, the other thing I've been wanting to talk about is uh, – and I don't know if I touched on this at all either, but was that not all oil changes are the same. Um, Even if you have, even if you are just changing the engine oil and filter, they're not the same. And who does it is huge, whether it's at home, who does it at home. I mean, you know, let's just say, for instance, at my house, there's going to be a huge difference in oil change between me and my daughter or me and my son or my wife as far as, what comes out of that oil change. I mean, of course, I'm a mechanic and they're not, don't be wrong. But even if you look at an oil change done that way, there's a huge difference in what we look at. And in my opinion, having a service provider that actually knows what to look for and what failures happening on cars can be huge. Um, I really do prefer us service providers in the aftermarket because we're not looking at the same thing every day. Um, So we see things that others may not and may overlook because we are looking at your car in the idea that we want to not make it fail in the next 5,000, 10,000 miles. We want everything to go smoothly. And if not, I want to see it, catch it and advise you on it. And I think that really does make it worth the extra time and the extra, I don't know if it, is there any, I don't know if there's any extra expense, but a lot of times it can be extra time because it's not a assembly line situation in a independent repair shop. Um, so things to think about as we get ready to wind out of here. Looks like the sun is going behind a cloud out there. <laughs> Still beautiful. <clears throat> well... Thank you, Jim, hanging out with us. Thanks for West Side of Supply. And I hope you all have a very wonderful weekend. Um, I guess that's my cue to go, isn't it? All right. Bye-bye now. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.